Welcome to Love Rules, the radio ministry of Roxbury Presbyterian Church in Boston. My mom, Liz Walker, was Boston's first African-American television news anchor, but her most important job is what she does right now at RPC, preaching the good news about God's love. The Bible says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. How does that work? Join my mom now as she offers us Love Rules from Roxbury Presbyterian Church. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Love Rules. Today's message, God's Master Plan. In our text, we're still in the season here. Luke, the second chapter, the first through the ninth verses. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord shone around them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were afraid." As I wish you a Merry Christmas this week, I, I realize that sometimes that greeting itself can have a less than positive impact. Christmas for many people is simply not merry. The song says it's the happiest time of the year and we want it to be the perfect season, but quite often it's not. Our culture and the media have both loaded this season down with so many false expectations that even the greeting sometimes seems burdensome. Let's face it, this can be a sad and lonely time. Despite the many manufactured images of idyllic scenes and the beautiful decorations, there is really no perfect Christmas. We all may have wonderful and meaningful family traditions, but we still invest a lot of time and effort trying to create our own version of something perfect, which can end up being exhaustive and even counterproductive. You can't recreate the hype. That's why it's important to go back and look at the story, which was really not the result of a television producer. It was not a part of an advertising campaign. The events that unfolded in Bethlehem were not created to produce a perfect scene. Indeed, the events were part of God's master plan. It's fascinating and scandalous in the way God chose to unfold his master plan in such a rough and rugged bottom-of-the-barrel place like Bethlehem. When you tour Israel, of course, you go to Bethlehem and they take you to the Church of the Nativity where you stand in line for hours because pilgrims from all over the world are there. And, and when you get to the place where they say Jesus was born, all you can do is kind of bend down and look into this tiny hole. It is literally a cave. Now, of course, this is all speculation on this, if this is really where he was born. But the point is, it's a cave. That's why it's important to step back into the story, to understand just how commonplace and ordinary the birth really was. 
Jesus could have come as a king with marching bands and a royal procession, or a general on horseback with sword held high, flanked by thousands of soldiers. Jesus could have come with much pomp and circumstance. After all, this was salvation. This was God incarnate. Instead, the greatest drama in all history begins one night in a little nowhere place through the womb of a poor unwed teenager in the form of a tiny baby. Not even a magical baby with special powers, but a regular baby, unable to do more than lie and stare and wriggle and maybe make noises, needing to be fed and changed. Shouldn't there have been some grander beginning? This is the Messiah we're talking about. Well, let's put this in context. The needs of Israel at the time were urgent. Hebrew identity was maintained through the promise that God would send a Savior. The prophets had predicted Jesus, and Isaiah prophesied even he would be born of a virgin. But who really listens to prophets? This was a crumbling, struggling nation that had long awaited its deliverance from political and spiritual oppression. The legacies of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had all but disappeared under the control of the Greeks and Romans. That's why the people were so desperate for the one who would carry the government on his shoulders. A lot of people were thinking in terms of politics. What the prophets knew and what we need to remember is that God always moves in unexpected ways. Hallelujah. There is no way we can box God in or figure God out or speculate on what God's about to do. That's why Isaiah said God's thoughts are not our thoughts and our ways are not God's ways. You know, I am often think it is so good I'm not God. <laughs> if I was God, there would not be a liquor store in my neighborhood and half the cars on the Southeast Expressway would be gone. Praise God that I'm not God. And, and I'm not privy to God's plan, but here is what I know, and here is what I want you to know. God has a plan. It's a master plan. And this nativity scene in this rugged little nowhere place was a part of it. It's the story of our faith. We are the benefactors of God's divine surprises, and our goal should be only to participate as best we can in God's master plan. Abraham hears voices. Moses sees a burning bush. A band of nomads become a holy nation. And Mary had a baby. This was a plan that had been in the making since the beginning of time when sin entered the world. And it would take time for this plan to unfold. But God's timing is impeccable. Galatians 4.4, when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman. I am so thankful you've joined us today. Remember, Love Rules is totally listener supported. Won't you make a donation right now to keep this program on the air? Log on to RoxburyPresbyterianChurch.org and click on giving. That's RoxburyPresbyterianChurch.org. Click on giving. Thank you. God bless you. We are 
talking about the master plan of God, which never really fits into our plans and is not ever what we expect. You know, there is a a term that I use often in my sermons. It is kairos. It's the ancient Greek term in juxtaposition to chronos. And it just means that kairos is the opportune time where uh, chronos is kind of the chronological time. And, And God moves in both but particularly and profoundly, when God moves, it becomes Kairos because it is opportune time. It is the just the right time. And God chose a particular time, a particular situation, and particular people to experience the coming of Christ. And that is what made this moment in Bethlehem a Kairos moment. It tells us something more, though. It confirms that God can step into any situation, no matter how ordinary or plain or out of the way it seems, that nothing is outside the realm of God's plan. While Luke links Joseph to King David's line, he does not claim Mary to be a part of any significant lineage. She is just a little nobody who grew up in a nowhere place, wasn't expected to amount to much, and then one day she's taking care of her mundane humdrum life and the holy bursts through the ordinary. The sacred sweeps into the routine and everything changes. Jesus became a baby as a, as a way to build relationship with us. He came to save us, but he did it in a particular way. And we need to know that. Babies come into this world trusting. There are sociological theories that bear this out. Trust is an innate uh, psychological and emotional predisposition. You trust until somebody teaches you not to trust. A child comes into the world trusting, doesn't know any better, until something happens that makes the child lose his trust. Every part of Jesus' birth offers a lesson in trust. You see, Mary had a relationship with God. That we know even though she was humdrum and and from a nowhere place and not expected probably to do much, it's clear that she had a relationship with God. So she had to trust that spiritual experience when she encountered that angel, when she encountered that word from God, not to worry about this pregnancy, that it was going to be holy. Joseph had to trust Mary. He also had to trust that there was a master plan. So everybody involved in this uh, spectacular and supernatural, world-changing, universe-transforming experience had to trust God. Trusting God is not something we develop all by ourselves. It's not simply positive thinking. Trusting God comes through seeking God, getting to know God. That's why Jesus came as a baby. We can get to know God because God stoops so low to be with us. That is the makings of a powerful relationship. An almighty God who would give himself to us in weakness and vulnerability. In order for him to gain humanity's trust, he comes to earth by putting all his trust in humanity. How else would we believe that he knows our lives inside and out unless he lived as we live? I was pregnant and I remember one of the cards that I got that just lifted me was that babies are God's way of saying the world can go on. You see, that's why Jesus came as a baby. The world needs hope. And Jesus came as a baby to give us hope. 
and that is a part of the season that resonates much uh, farther and further than December 25th. We need hope. Perhaps today we need hope more than ever before. Uh, Biblical hope, of course, is not like secular hope. Secular hope is just kind of wishing and dreaming. But biblical hope is defined as confident expectation of those who put their trust in God. God's master plan involves tiny beginnings and in out-of-the-way places, and that is how hope forms. Jesus' birth brought the world hope for love and peace, for our salvation. But at that moment, in the dark, in that cave in Bethlehem, it was a promise. You see, we know the story now, but then it was just a promise. But now we have a little bit more of it. But it's ongoing, and that is God's master plan. Hope claims its power through our trust in God's promise. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So the question that we ask ourselves is, can we be a part of God's master plan? And if Mary could, and if Joseph could, then so can we. Thanks for joining me. Be blessed. Thank you for tuning in. Roxbury Presbyterian Church is located at 328 Warren Street, right in the heart of Roxbury. Come worship with us on Sundays at 11 a.m. This is a listener-supported program. We invite you to partner with us and learn the many ways that love rules. Visit us on our website, RoxburyPresbyterianChurch.org, or call us at 617-445-2116. Love will reign.